Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our good friends over at Scentlock. I've got two special guests on the phone. I've got Mr. Kai McNett from Texas Hunting Resources and Chris Spaulding. Gentlemen, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? You know, I'm all right. Awesome, awesome. As, I wanted to say it's too hot. But you're in Texas, so it's probably a lot hotter. Start complaining about the heat, dude. There's no way. <laughs> we we hit 110 yesterday where I'm at. So. Oh my gosh! Uh, luckily, we've had some few rain showers that kind of beat us down a little bit, but not not too bad. Yeah, we've every had... day last week was at was at least above 100, and it was miserable. Yeah, y'all y'all have the humidity over there. We we had some that we're not used to, but uh, yeah, it's, it's too hot. Anywhere you put it. Yeah, usually the in our part of Texas it stays pretty humid, but even lately our grass is turning brown, man. It's it's tough. It's, yeah. And, and mornings are hot and humid. So you walk outside and it's 80 and it feels like it's you just sweat immediately. Yeah. I mean, I take two shirts with me everywhere I go now. <laughs> so it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you guys recall, we did a giveaway for an Axis hunt in Texas with Kai at Texas Hunting Resources, and Chris was our lucky winner. Um, I was absolutely heartbroken. Uh, my wife ended up having to have surgery um, the day the hunt started, and so I actually didn't get to go, uh, which absolutely sucked because Axis has been on the top of my list for a long time. Um, but I'm excited to hear about the hunt. I'm excited. Sounds like you guys had a blast. Um, so who wants to start us off? Who wants to, who wants to give us the rundown? I'll, I'll knock it out first. Um, man, we, we had a good hunt. Uh, some of the things we didn't turn out quite like we wanted to, uh, we, you know, the deer were hitting the feeders up to basically the day of the hunt. We had trail camera pictures up to like the morning he, Chris got there. And when he got there, they seemed like they just kind of disappeared, but we saw the group that was hitting the feeders and they just, they just must've heard us come through the gate and they didn't want any part of it. But, you know, we saw a bunch of deer. We saw some good deer. We, we saw some, um, got on the one that was just an absolute stomper, but you know, this was supposed to be a pretty slam dunk deal and it turned into be a little more of an adventure than anything. But I mean, I had a blast. I think Chris had a blast and, uh, we, we, uh, we definitely, both of us definitely learned a lot through the whole process. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was, it was awesome. Like, uh, it didn't go like, like Kai said, it didn't really go according to plan, but, um, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a tree stand hunter, like I said before. And so to go from tree stand to like, okay, you're going to take a shot from a ground blind and like, we'll get you up on something. I'm like, okay, I think I can handle that. And man, this turned into like, you know, I jokingly told buddies, I felt like I was on a big, big game hunt out West, man. It went, it went straight spot and stock, like glass and trying to find stuff. And I've never, never done that before. So like poor Kai had to like guide my butt all over the place. <laughs> And try to teach me things. And, you know, I thought I walked quietly to get to my tree stand. Turns out I walked like an elephant. So <laughs> we had a good laugh about that. And, um, but I, I mean, I'll say this from the beginning. Like, uh, I told Kyle, like, hey, man, I just want to learn. So, like, anything you can do to to make me better at this, um, especially bow hunting, I'm, it's newer to, for me. I've rifle hunted most of my life. Um, I couldn't have had a better teacher especially with the curveballs that like we, we were out there one morning, we wasn't supposed to rain and we looked behind us and it looked like nighttime was about to happen. You know, like <laughs> we, we had tons of stuff thrown at us and, uh, man, Kai was gracious. He was a great teacher. It was just a ton of fun to just visit with him. Um, uh, just as, you know, man to man conversations. We had a great time. Um, homeboy can cook. So that was, <laughs> that was always good. Well, well, I'm definitely not skinny, so it helps. <laughs> <laughs> never trust a skinny chef <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> i mean every time we get back for a meal i was just like i don't even care what's next because i know it's gonna taste good so um but no all in all like i mean he took this he took me like a guy who's uh, like i said stomps around like an elephant and man we had some legit stocks on it like two really good bucks or bulls or whatever but like i mean and we had to book it on a couple of them but he he was patient worked with me well and i just like he said, we both learned a ton. I, I mean, I still think through it, like the stuff that he taught me. And, um, there was one night he was telling me stuff and he's like, I told you that, like, I'm being nitpicky because of like, you know, he told me he wanted to learn. And I was like, man, just nitpick away. Cause I'm just writing all this stuff down. Yeah. And so we had, we had a blast. We really did. Yeah. So, so, so I come off a little, uh, it's a little rash when I, when I say stuff in the middle of stocks, but you know, you got to get the point across at some point. And so that's what I was doing. And so I, you kind of have to come back and uh, if, if I hurt someone's feelings, I have to come back and say, hey, man, I really wasn't meaning that in a bad way. I just say, hey, you know, next time, think about that. You know, what I say, heel to toe <laughs> when we're walking. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, and I mean, I only cried like once or twice a night after I closed the door. But no, <laughs> no, no, but it was, I mean, seriously, I, I really appreciated all the feedback. And you weren't, I mean... I get it in that moment. Like you got to correct. And and you did that. And I never felt like you were, you know, scolding me or anything, but like, it was, it was like, no dude, if we're going to get, if we're going to go from 900 yards away to within 40 yards, so you can take a bow shot, do what I say. Yeah. And all I could think in my head was I need to do what this dude says. And we had what three stocks, like yeah. three, four good stocks where we got within, I mean, we're talking covering, like we're on one hill looking at another and we booked it down through a ravine, back up another one over, you know, dried mesquite branches, cactus, cedar stuff everywhere. I mean, I mean, and we did it and we got in and then, you know, I step on a branch and ruin a stock. So it's, it's stuff like that. But I mean, you were like, I really look back on that and I was like, man, that was, that was great. Our adrenaline was pumping, especially on that yeah. one where we had been sitting all day waiting for him to cross and nothing came up. We saw that one we. We yeah. booked it. We, we can get to that in a minute, but man, we were both like, ah, afterwards. <laughs> so I just love how Kai said, sometimes I got to go back and say, Hey, I didn't mean that. I just pictured somebody being like, what do you mean? You didn't mean that you call me a big, loud idiot. How do you not yeah. mean that? Uh -huh. Oh, I, I definitely mean it, but I come off. 
<laughs> but but sometimes people get a little bit too offended when I do it in the heat of the moment. And uh, so, yeah, but I have to go back and I'm sorry, pat their back and give them a, you know, high five and move on. Yeah. No, um, it's just, I tell everybody, man, people ask me like, hey, if I want to hunt bear or elk or whatever for the first time, what's your number one advice? And I'm like, find a good outfit. And they're like, oh, you know, I've, I've, I really want to do it myself. I really want to DIY over the counter, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's fine and dandy for your second year. I'm like, but it's, it's, it's always incredible how much you can learn from an outfitter who does it all the time. Um, and so that's what I ad- admire about Chris is automatically understanding, like, I want to take in as much as I possibly can and learn as much as I possibly can, because that's when we hunt with an outfit, like that's our biggest chance to learn, um, right. and grow as outdoorsmen. So, um, kudos to you, Chris. Yeah, no, I mean, thank you. I mean, it was, I, that's, that's just kind of, and I told Kai, this is part of my explanation of like, just teach me, tell me what you, what you know. It's like, I always love learning new skills. I, I love acquiring knowledge. I love, you know, we, dumb thing in my master's program years ago is like be a lifelong learner was the thing they really instilled in us. And so anything that I jump into, I try to just like, okay, if someone's been down that road before, it's going to be a lot easier for me to get there. If I listen to that guy yeah. or that gal for that matter. And so walking out there, it was like, this is, you know, I think I, I could handle the shooting from a blind. As soon as that went out the window, I was like, look, I have no clue. I mean, we, we stocked an animal that I never saw until we were like, <laughs> like maybe 120 yards away. We'd already moved like 300 yards. And he's like, it's right there in between the trees, golden horn. And I'm like, holy crap. Like I was looking there the whole time with my binoculars, never saw it. But from 500 yards away, Kai's like, that's the one we need to go after. So, you know, it's, you, you watch shows and you know you've talked about this before dylan like you watch shows and you know kai we laughed about it too but like you watch that stuff and they make it look easy they're not showing the five hours sitting there picking ticks off each other in the bedding or where they're sitting on the crossing they're not like you guys bonded a lot we did it was good uh no (laughs) but like but they don't you know you don't see all that stuff and you just see them walk up and back up and take that shot and in my head, I was like, well, that can't be, I mean, I know that's going to be hard because they say it's hard, you know, but getting out there and, and, and doing it, man, I've won just a total, total new level of respect for anyone in the hunting world. Like who does it professionally, like Kai specifically, like you got to love guys like me around, and like give them the perfect shot. And so it's just, yeah, just mad respect for that. So it was just a blast. I really enjoyed it. Well, the thing is with, you know, people that call themselves professional hunters, you know, they think they can't learn anything. I mean, I do it for a profession, but I want to consider myself a professional hunter. But you always have to learn something. You have to adapt. You have to do different things, you know, just like me trying to get that buck up. You know, yeah, if we were a little more comfortable, more, you know, patient, basically, we probably should have sat there all day and waited on to stand up. But both of us were sitting on our knees and rocks and ticks and ants and everything else. So we had to do something. And maybe I shouldn't have went and done that. And we, uh, we, we didn't get a shot because of that. So you always have to learn. You always have to learn. If you have a rookie for a hunter, you still have to learn everything that goes on. So no, it's a, it was a good learning experience for both of us. That's for damn sure. So Kai, here's the big question. Um, people always assume, oh, you're hunting in Texas. You're hunting over feeders. Animals come in. You can shoot whatever you want at the drop of a hat. Yep. Um, I learned quickly. I, Texas is one of my favorite places to hunt. 
Um, but I learned quickly. Sometimes it's even the opposite. It's it's harder than anywhere else, especially when you get down in South Texas in the deserts. There are no trees. There's no. I mean, you stick out like a sore thumb wherever you're hunting. Um, this is one of those hunts that just didn't work out the way we needed it to, um, and that's hunting. But what do you what do you tell people about hunting in Texas? Like your biggest tip about hunting in Texas, or um, your biggest misconception about hunting in Texas? So, so what we run into a lot, especially with all of our stuff out West, you know, especially when we bring up elk, everybody thinks Texas doesn't have elk. We have a large population of free range elk and yeah. just like these, these axes, same way, free range axes. And what people think they're just going to sit in a blind, everything's going to come out hunky dory. That's, that's typically on a high fence, high population areas. That's the case. We do have feeders on some of our places, but if it rains, and the ruts on these these animals don't need a, a few yeah. bites of corn. They don't they don't rely on that. So you have to realize, hey, you got to be capable of doing other you know aspects of hunting rather than sitting your butt in a blind and waiting on that deer to come in. You actually have to go hunt. And so what I tell people is like, just be prepared. You know, be able yeah. to shoot if you're if you're bow hunting with you know a compound, be able to shoot sixty yards, seventy yards if you need to. Uh, that's a far shot, but you know. Sometimes that's all we get. Uh, and, you know, you have to be capable of doing these type of things and be able to move, be able to do anything. And so that's what, miss, you know, when people from the Western states and, you know, everywhere else, they, you know, they think of the high fence ideology of sitting in a blind waiting for him to come in. And I kind of strive in my business to be the opposite of that. I don't like to sit on an animal unless we're sitting in a water hole or something like that. But I don't want him to depend on the feeder that I put some corn in. Yeah. I don't want to say, okay, okay, yeah, this is an easy deal. Okay, if he comes in, great. But we got to be able to say, hey, he's not coming in this thing no more. He knows he knows the gig. Let's get up high. Let's glass. Let's find him. Let's bet him. And let's actually spot and stalk this animal. And so that's what my company, my guides, we strive to do and, and, and make it more of a hunt, even if it's a, um, you know, a, a small property access hunt, you still want to make it feel like a big property, big game hunt. And so that's what yeah. we try. No, I, uh, I was talking to a guy one time and he's from Australia, but he hunts all over the world. And I said, where's your favorite place to hunt? And he said, Texas. And I'm like, Really? You know, for somebody who, and I'm not saying it's not a special place, but for somebody who gets to hunt five countries a year and 12 states, I was like, really? You choose Texas? And he's like, dude, it's the most difficult and it's the most like hunting back home. And I'm yeah. like, wow. Um, what is your favorite species to chase in Texas? Man, uh, it used to be mule deer, but it's a, it's a either a strong tire or elk have, have gone above that. You know, there's a special place for a big mature mule deer in Greasewood Flats out West Texas because you can be staring in one spot all day long and never see him. And then all of a sudden he moves, a, a fly gets in his ear, he moves, you can see that horn glisten. You're like, okay, he's still there. And, you know, you had no idea. And now these yeah. elk, it's a different situation for these elk because, you know, instead of having dark timber, we have thick mes uh, mesquite. Uh, drains and draws that they get into and you you lose a 800 pound animal and it's it's insane how they can disappear yeah and it's, it's the same kind of you know struggle to find those things and you know we make it we have a little bit easier where you know they don't get pressured by a bunch of public land hunters just screaming their head off 
with the bugle tube and everything else. So they respond very well to uh, uh, calling. And so they come right into your lap and it's a, it's an absolute blast. That's my, I want to say that's my big niche species for my, my outfit. Now, before we go, before we move on, um, I'm really picky about what nonprofits that I support. Um, and my friend, Jim Mesh, uh, we became really good friends through his nonprofit, uh, the John V. Mesh Memorial Fund. Um, in 2016, they set up some fundraising events um, to remember John's legacy. He was a firefighter who died in the line of, of duty. Um, he had a strong passion for getting kids involved in the outdoors. So now they set up these events, um, and it's a 501c3 uh, dedicated to sponsoring uh, learning opportunities for children, and then they give a scholarship uh, to somebody interested in a profession within conservation. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell in love with the the nonprofit. Um, they are phenomenal guys. And I truly feel as though they make a difference in children, um, especially those who, who, again, are going into that profession of conservation by helping them with scholarships. And so I would highly recommend everyone to go check out the John V. Mesh Memorial Scholarship at johnvmesh.org um, or um, get involved with them somehow at one of their events um, as a sponsor, as a as a a teacher as a mentor with the children there um, because it is a phenomenal scholarship. So go check them out. Um, so Chris, what was your biggest, like, like, Oh crap. Like <laughs> this is a hunt moment. You know what I mean? Like this ain't, this ain't the the idea of Texas. And, and I can tell you my, my dude, the first time I was ever in Texas and I about stepped on a rattlesnake, I said, Oh crap, this is a hunt. Like this ain't just <laughs> stroll out and shoot whatever you want to. Uh, what was that moment for you? Um, man, it, it might've been when we tried to go into the theater that second morning. Um, or maybe it was the the first, the first morning I was out there, we tried to go into that theater and we were there like an hour and a half early, um, before, and we had gone into that theater that night before. So we'd kind of, you know, Kai kind of told me the plan, what we were going to do. And we're walking down the, we kind of took a little bit of a different route to be a little more low profile. And uh, we get to like the first rise where you can start to see it. And his, he's walking in front of me and I've got my bow on my shoulders and he goes, and I just like freeze, you know, and I'm looking down because like you said, this is is rattlesnake country. And so I was like, I was looking down a little bit, almost ran into Kai (laughs) until I saw his hand in my peripheral. And he goes, he's real, real quiet. And he said, there's a white-tailed doe over here. And then all of a sudden we saw, I, I guess, well, Kai did more than I did, but like saw the buck jump out, the axis buck jump out and move away. And it was, you know, just way before anything. And we moved, we backed out, moved around, got up on top of the hill. We were trying to look down to see if they were still going to come in to that feeder and see if we could get in their way. And um, we watched, God, what was it? 20 deer walk a yep. fence line, 20 axis walk a fence line down towards this little this little wash that cut across this property and onto the neighbors and we watched like eight bucks come down the other hill so they were look, walking straight towards each other and we're like the and our thought we're like okay they're gonna hit that wash and walk straight to the feeder because the feeder was like next to the wash and they disappeared <laughs> like like just like, like they really did no 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 no, no, no. 
<laughs> no, we're not lying. They, the giggle got me though. <laughs> so they disappeared. And we, I mean, we walked slow down there. We walked over to the line. We watched those bucks walk in after that group of like 20 does and little fawns and stuff. And then we finally just walked in there because we, we waited forever and they were gone. They weren't by the feeder there. I mean, they were, they were gone. And so that's when I was like, okay, we're going to go eat lunch and figure out what's going on. I need food. But that was, that was the moment of like, you know, you're seeing and, and, Kai was like, this was awesome. Like we, we had eyes on so many animals. It was just, they, they were like the, I guess the water situation on the one part we were hunting wasn't as great as it had been the weeks before. And so they were like hopping the fence to go get water. And then it like changed their whole schedule up. But yeah, when they, when we watched like 20 deer walk into a ravine together, looking like they were going to cut right and head back towards the feeder. And then they were just gone. That's when I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. And that was the point in my head where I was like, anything Kai says to do, I need to do if we're going to have a chance to get this stuff. Like I'm going to be the limiting factor here. This guy's going to happen. And then, <laughs> so that was, but yeah, that was my like, okay, this is a hunt. And yeah. so we had, we had to work for it from there, like really hard. Um, speaking of food, Kai, what is your favorite, um, Texas wild game meat man as far as native species has to be pronghorn I know what your non-native is <laughs> Gimsbach probably <laughs> yeah Gimsbach is probably the the top of my list but there's there's a lot of tight contenders there I mean Gimsbach Neil guy elk have to be the three probably top in my list really yeah, axes don't even make the top three. Man, those those three and and cooked well are perfect. Right, I'd probably axe would be number four. Wow. Yeah. See, you hear so many people talk about which I've had axes. Um, I've had antelope. I've had elk. Um, I've never had the other two. Um, but you hear so many people talk about how axis is like the f- the finest meat on planet Earth. Oh, it, it, um, it, 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 it's, it's great, but you know, now I've heard Gimsbach though is basically steak. Oh yeah. It's phenomenal. Now exactly. isn't correct me if I'm wrong and it might be, I might be thinking of Neil guy, but didn't they bring them over to, to replace cattle because they could basically, you know, take care of themselves. That was, that's Neil guy. That's why there's so many down in the, uh, the coastal region of Texas. Gotcha. That's why. That's why there's so many down there. So is the meat is Neil Guy and Gimsbach really? I mean, closely related to meat. It's it's similar. Yes, it's very similar. Gotcha. They, they, I, I both, just knew. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Kai. No, you uh, first, Kai. <laughs> they uh, they they're both. I mean, you you can get a uh, you know, you can get it cut half inch steaks, cook it just like a your regular T bone. You know, a couple minutes on each side, sear the hell out of it, medium rare, and it's phenomenal. Man. I just know the jerky, the Neil guy jerky you had yeah. was one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. And then the Neil guy that we had in the, the pasta dish you made yep. was also crazy good. And then it was Axis sausage gravy though, right? Mm-hmm. That was the biscuits and gravy with the Axis sausage <laughs> and the gravy. That I still talk about that meal to people. <laughs> sounds like sounds like you missed your calling. You ought to have been a chef. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least I have something to fall back on. 
I guess so. <laughs> um, what was the uh, what was the coolest animal? I, I love Texas hunting in Texas, especially with people who's never been to Texas because they see animals and they're like, holy crap, what is that? Yeah. You know, they've never seen a black buck. They've never seen a um, Chris. What was the coolest animal you saw? Um, we saw. Well, I mean, one seeing an axis like as close as we got, especially that the one that I nicknamed True. Golden Boy because his his <laughs> antlers were just beautiful gold velvet. I mean, it was just stupid pretty. Um, being that close and seeing them move the way they do because it's it's like a white tail but not. You know, they're just they're just beefier looking animals, and they they're just to move their head around. That was really neat. We I did see like a. On the way out, I don't. I meant to text Kai. I saw like a scimitar oryx on one of the really? properties, and I was like, you know, not, you know, being a Texas kid, like you know, we see pictures of that stuff all the time in hunting magazines, and you go to like a taxidermist, someone's always got one of them on the wall. But to see that thing standing up and like knowing that my head would maybe come up to his shoulder, like <laughs> like that thing was yeah massive standing next to the side of the road. That was probably the the craziest thing I saw, but we, we saw a ton of stuff on the property that we got to. Did we see, yeah, was see little rattlesnakes? Black? We saw a shed, a rattlesnake had shed its skin the last day when we were on a blood trail and I about wet my pants. Cause I thought it was a snake. I was, <laughs> I don't do snakes guys. Like I don't, I don't. And I, I said that, that, that woke me up. I was kind of in a trance looking for blood splatter and that, that woke me up. So what's your favorite way to prepare wild snake? Or wild snake, <laughs> rattlesnake, Kai. Man, I haven't done it a few times, but uh, grilled is not good. You're still, it's still a reptile grilled. It just, you can't get past it. But fried, I've tried it fried and it's pretty good. I compared it to like a fried alligator tail or something like that. Just a yeah. lot. See, we had it, um, I guess the last time I was in Texas, we ended up killing like six giant rattlesnakes and uh and we ate it and it was phenomenal like i loved it um of course everything's different everything's different when you're around a fire with your buddies in that environment everything's different um it's just so much better i mean but also you've been out hunting all day long you're tired you're you're hungry you would eat anything um but it was it was really really good mm. Also, one thing that I uh, I was shocked by, people said, don't eat, don't try it, it's not worth it, um, was javelina. We ended up eating some javelina, and it turned out pretty stinking good. Yeah, the javelina, I mean, it, it, the meat looks good, everything else. What I can't get past is, you know, we call them Smell. stink pigs. Yeah, the stink pigs. I mean, they're, they're not a pig, but we call them stink pigs just because of the, the gland on the back. And it's just, it's one of those things, you know, I can't get past the smell. As soon as I put it in my mouth, I'm like, I still smell that. <laughs> it just you know i used to play baseball and i do so many sheep hunts that eating a piece of lamb you know the old baseball hats the whatever they're called that they're wool and yeah. so you sweat you smell that wool and now eating a, you know lamb chopper you know even when we try all that when you chew on it you can smell that nasty wool smell and i just can't quite get off it. oh what all uh what all do you guide 
you, you mentioned all dad, you mentioned elk, muleys. What all do you guys? So pretty much every native species we have in Texas, we do mule deer elk, or I mean, elk's not native, it used to be, but uh, mule deer, elk, pronghorn, whitetail, turkey. We do axis, a uh, range of uh, exotics when we can get them. Uh, we like to, you know, basically stick around on uh, free range, low fence type situations, but the occasional high fence does come into play. Um, but yeah, we, we do a wide range of pretty much anything in Texas. Uh, we do a handful of pronghorn hunts in New Mexico on private land. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of have a wide range of everything. I just drove across Texas and, uh, and I saw so many stinking antelope. It wasn't even funny. Yeah. I ungodly amounts. And I'm just like, man. Yeah. Our, never our herds, thought there was that many. Yeah. Our herds are coming back pretty strong, especially in the North. Our, our, our West Texas trans herds are still, still getting hit pretty hard. Coyotes are bad. Droughts bad, but we've been doing a lot for them as far as the state goes, uh, been killing off the coyotes pretty heavily and, and, you know, certain, certain areas, uh, been translocating some back from, uh, the panhandle to our area. And so, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to get them back together, but, uh, it's a slow process. So what's that one animal like the, if, if you could tell people like you absolutely have to try it hunting wise, you absolutely have to go on a hunt for them. What would it be? Absolutely. If you could afford it, they'll hunt because, you know, a lot of people don't bow hunt we get that, but you know, some people that, you know, used to bow hunt that have never got the chance of hearing and hunting a screaming bull elk, middle of the rut, all, you know, all muddied up. And you can do that here in big ranches, low fence. And you can do that with the rifle now that if they can't draw back that bow anymore and they yeah. can still experience that, that's, I, I would have to say that. So are you in the Davis mountains? Is that where you're hunting elk? So, no, we're back from the Davis Mountains. We're all the way from the Glass Mountains all the way back towards uh, Sanderson, Texas, is where we kind of have our, our ranch. Gotcha. And they, yeah. uh, you know, they they got killed out a long time ago just by overhunting. And they, you know, bought, I don't know where they brought some back in from, New Mexico, Colorado. And then they, you know, big landowners put them on there. And then just from there, they just spread. And so we have a very healthy population out there right now. What is the highest elevation in Texas? Do you know that? It'd be Guadalupe Peak. I'm not sure what that elevation is, but I'm pretty sure it's like 7,200, 8,200, something like that. But where, cool. where, yeah, where we typically hunt, um, I mean, you're probably around 4,500, 5,000 feet. Google Guadalupe says 87. Is, yeah, 87. it's 8,700 8, feet. I've hiked it before. Yeah, and it, it, it's barely in Texas, but we, we got it. We'll claim it. Yeah. Well, that's what, you know, a lot of people are like mountains in Texas. And I'm like, yeah, like you've never been to, to West Texas. And, uh, and they're like, man, I never even, never even want to thought about it because okay. again, like Texas uh, so often just gets that picture painted as South Texas in the desert, like sitting over feeders and everything you could ever imagine coming in the moment you shake a bucket. Yeah. They just automatically, when they think about hunting in Texas, that's what they think about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I'm like, man, it's a, it's a big state. Um, there's, there's, there's a whole lot of hunting rough, rough places in Texas. I mean, there's, you know, I've had some people that, you know, have hunted all the world, you know, chasing dolls, chasing, you know, stones, all that stuff, even the stuff, you know, in Kajurgistan and stuff like that. And they say mixed with the heat and the terrain and all the critters you got to deal with rattlesnakes, you know, cactus, 
Texas is probably have some of the roughest stuff in the world. Yeah. Especially down here around, you know, Terralingua, the Chinatis, all that stuff. There are some rough places out here. Well, Everything like, hurts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> especially Everything is designed to hurt you. Yeah. It's, especially the area that we're hunting in. And like, and that was like mild sauce compared to the stuff that you're talking about down by Terralingua. But like, I mean, I've sent, Dylan, I think a picture or two from one of our trail cameras and I showed you kind of, like I hunt in like a swamp. Yeah. Pretty much in like the central east eastern part of the state because it's like it's piney woods that transitions into like oak savanna. And if we have a river bottom, it's like, you know, I, I like I called Kai before we went on this hunt and I was like, what kind of shoes do I need to get? Um, because I I wear rubber boots to walk to my stand because half the time, even in you know, October there's two inches of water on the ground where I'm walking through because it's a river bottom swampy, you know, our humidity, you know, like that's, so even for me, like I'm used to, that's, that's like the Texas I'm used to. So then all of a sudden to go to where I'm wearing like a tech, a tech shirt, that's like super moisture wicking and a hat and not shivering while I'm trying to hunt something was, that was a big shift for me. So, and the terrain too, just, I mean, it's just rocks and dried brush. something where we were (laughs) i talk a lot about different states and how um there's such a a vast variety of of terrain and styles and but none maybe as much as texas um you know you can go from from literally straight desert to mountains to uh, i mean it's it's crazy um and, and to and I think that's just one of the biggest things about Texas is everyone has that that misconception of Texas, and you can't you, you just have to go hunt it. You've got to try it. To to reiterate your point, yesterday um, or not yesterday, two days ago, my brother in law called me, and it was a picture. He goes, "I'm sending you a picture. We just shot this," and I'm like, "What are you What are you doing?" And um, they had a gator get in their chicken coop. Oh, wow. And like we're in College Station like that. It's not a swamp like it's almost when you get close to the river. But I mean, they called the game warden. They had to come out and the thing was just being so honorary or not the game warden, but the well, yes, it was the game warden lives down the road. But they they had to shoot a gator because they couldn't get it out and it was being all aggressive. And so they did that. And wow. Yeah. So like I went from that to the desert in three and a half hours. That was that was how long my drive was, you know. My nephew said that gator's just trying to live its best life, man. Don't know why he had to do that. That's <laughs> <laughs> what he told the, That's what he told the game warden. <laughs> so, Kai, I'm big on um, asking people tips and tricks. When it comes to Texas, what's your number one tip? Like to tell people um, to make them a, a more prepared, a better hunt, you know. Uh, when they get there, what's your number one tip? Well, it all depends on where you're going. Uh, if you're coming hunting with me, what I would say to prepare for a lot of things, whether that's being gear wise, you got to make sure you have the right clothes because it could be 90 degrees one day, it could be 30 degrees the next. So on my gear list, when I tell people or in, on the contract says, you know, bring everything from wet to dry to cold to, to hot type gear. Uh, and the biggest, I guess, tip overall would be be prepared as far as shooting styles. 
what what people come out they said yeah my gun's on 100% are you your bow's on but what they don't do is they just stand all the time they just stand yeah. shoot or bench rest and shoot and they don't they're not prepared for a like uh, Chris was in a a kneeling sitting down shot you know a lot of people don't do that luckily Chris was he said he prepared from from knee shots to standing to sitting down all that stuff but a lot of people don't and so when they get in that position of shooting they're not prepared and yeah. so that's the biggest tip because we you know if i say hey we got to get down and shoot right now you know they're trying to stand up or they're trying to you know get their tripod out and get a bench rest type setup like no we got to shoot like now and so that's that's a deal you know real world type shooting situations is the biggest tip i can give absolutely man uh 100% and if it's a if you're shooting with a gun I, a lot of people neglect laying prone yep. um, and that becomes really difficult because when you think about it, you're literally laying on an airbag and you're, you're, you're coming up and down as you breathe and you're trying to shoot. And it's uh, again, just a lot of people neglect practicing that, that situation. But when you're out West uh, or in Texas and you get, you know, 200 yards from the elk, you drop to your belly and you go to shoot it's a complete different ball game than you've ever shot and you've never practiced it. And then you miss, um, I've been there. Trust me. Uh, I missed a bear, um, in Idaho because I was laying prone. Had, I believe had I would have shot in any other position, I would have killed the bear, but yeah. because I was laying prone and, and I had just ran two miles across the stinking mountain, yeah. I was breathing so hard and I was going up, down, up, down, and, and I just couldn't shoot and I missed. And, uh, and so, fantastic tip man yeah he kai actually told me that the first time we talked on the phone was you know we we went over shoes and then i said hey i'm with with my bow what do i need to be comfortable doing he was like shoot out to at least 60 and get comfortable sitting standing whatever and so i would get in my neighborhood there's just a place where i can shoot and i would take my blind chair and I would at each distance, I would like basically be on my knees, take a couple of shots, stand up, take a couple of shots, sit in that blind chair. And then I would, you know, back up five, 10, 15 yards and do just random intervals all the time because I didn't, <laughs> that was, that was something I was actually really nervous about was getting out there and then, you know, not being able to yeah. be, be shooting awkwardly, you know, I let alone worry about stepping on a stick and scaring something. So <laughs> Kai, how can they get a hold of you, man? And we 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 got our website. It's actually getting redone right now. Uh, we got Facebook, Instagram, and we my cell phone is on pretty much everything on there. And that's my personal cell. You call me directly. We're we're a small outfit, so uh, give me a little time. If I don't call, if I don't answer, you know, immediately, say call me when we want to go hunting. I'll get back to you. But uh, yeah, my my personal cells out there and all the social media stuff you can get your hands on guys. Let me just, let me just say this. We've all hunted with piss poor outfitters and that sucks. We've all spent time, money to travel across the country and hunt with an outfit. That's less than average. Um, the first time I ever took my wife on a quote unquote, big hunt with me. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't pleased with the outfit and, uh, and she, <clears throat> she automatically had this idea of like, man, hunting with an outfit's not fun. <laughs> and I'm like, well, they're not all like this. Um, hunting with, we, we've all been there. 
Um, and, and I would just highly recommend you if you're looking to hunt in Texas to check out Texas hunting resources, um, and Kai phenomenal guy, easy to deal with, fun to talk to. Um, and you know, he might be a little mean in the field, but Hey, you just got to get over that. No, I, I mean, I just want to echo what you said, Dylan. Like, I mean, I, you know, Texas boy hunting over a feeder, it seems like it's going to be a slam dunk to go to what we had to do and to, to have someone that could teach, but also like yeah. also manage expectations. Like you did, I think Kai did a really good job of that of like, Hey, this is going to be hard. This is what we're going to have to do. You're going to have to do like every step of the way he explained things to me um, and told me why we made certain or why he made certain decisions uh, as we were moving through the field and trying to do stuff. And um, yeah, like, I mean, I've come back and, you know, obviously by the way we're talking, we're not, there's not a picture of a gripping grin on here. You know, I had a high shot and I'm convinced in my head now that if I had been in my tree stand, it would have been perfect. Oh yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, we, we, you know, hit something a little high and weren't able to recover. Uh, I think it hopped a fence or something on, on the last morning of the hunt, but we had great stocks. We had a great time just chatting to and from the hunting area. Um, like I said, I learned a ton and people have asked me as I've come back, like, Hey man, how was that hunt? How it happened? And then it's always, Oh, sorry. You didn't get anything. I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm bummed. I don't have the picture. I'm really bummed. I don't have the meat in the freezer. Cause my wife had kind of already made a grocery list of what she wanted from the processor. Um, but I, I tell them like, I'd, I'd go again in a heartbeat with Kai and his crew. Cause like I learned so much, had a great time doing it. Um, and was just real, real grateful for how you handled me as someone who'd never been in that kind of a hunting experience before. Um, cause that was honestly, my fear was like, I was going to get out there and he's going to be like, Oh, this is a newer bow hunter who's used to sitting in a blind or a tree stand. And I, you never made me feel dumb. You never made me feel like I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I, I just had a blast and I've told everybody I've handed out your card and I gave your sticker away. So I need I to buy it. another sticker, from you. but I've, I've given out, like, I've just been like, man, you guys got to call this guy if you want to do any of these types of hunts. Cause just the whole experience overall was awesome. So one, one thing that, you know, since I don't get to do as much hunting as I, I, you know, really want to, as far as myself is get to take new people, you know, new people in the, you know, we, we, as a you know hunting group have to keep on, bringing up new people, you know, kids, women, yeah. you know, people that don't get to hunt a lot. We still need to do that. And so that's one of my things as far as, you know, taking a, a real, you know, very educated hunter. Yeah, that's great. You learn a bunch of stuff. Everything seems to go, you know, through flawless. He knows what to do, but at the same time, there's some sort of enjoyment and, you know, fulfillment taking someone that doesn't know a whole lot, but they want to learn. And then they come out with something that, you know, whether successful as far as taking an animal or not, they still come out as far as learning something from you and having a great time. And so yeah. that portion for me is more than actually taking the animal because they'll go back and said, yeah, we may not have killed anything, may not have, you know, got the big trophy that you wanted, but I had learned this from this guy and I'm going to teach that to my kids or something like that. So that to me is more important than actually taking an animal. So you're open to taking women and children. Oh, absolutely. I love taking women and kids. Awesome. Guys, I would highly recommend you check him out on social media. Check out his website. Um, I promise you some of the pictures that they post will just make you jealous. Um, <laughs> I could not be there, like I said. Um, I was sitting in the surgical room with my wife, 
and they start sending me trail cam pictures and I'm like, you guys are thugs. Like the only, <laughs> you only did this just to make me mad. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's the, only, that's the only reason you would ever do it. Um, but I would highly recommend you to check them out guys. Um, starting in August, uh, all the way through August and September, we are putting together a deer hunting 101 series, which I'm incredibly excited about. We've got some of the biggest names in whitetail hunting, um, some of the best whitetail hunters I could ever pull from uh, to teach us how to whitetail hunt from the ground up, from scouting to shot placement to you name it. Um, so get ready. August August 3rd um, is the first Wednesday in August, um, and we are putting together a massive Deer 101 series. So if you've got somebody who's been asking you questions, who's been wanting to learn how to whitetail hunt, who's been you know, showing interest in that, uh, make mention of that to them, uh, tell them this is the place they can learn from the ground up before we go. I do got to give a quick thank you to our friends over at NZ campers. Um, NZ campers are custom built campers by hunters for hunters. They use, um, enclosed box trailers to build some phenomenal campers, uh, with some awesome features for hunters built in like scent free storage, um, gun cases, bow cases, boot dryers, meat storage built in. They are phenomenal, phenomenal campers. Um, all the beds fold up so you can still pull your four wheelers, your, your side besides whatever in, uh, to get where you're going. Um, and then obviously everything folds down into a camper. They're phenomenal. Go check out NZ campers. That's E N Z Y campers. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you for, um, making chris what's the word i want to use here thank you for making chris not cry in the field uh, <laughs> at, at least he said he cried but at least it was back home um yeah. so at least he finished the hunt you know yeah. um no <laughs> no uh gentlemen thank you so much for coming on guys thank you for listening i hope you'll have a fantastic week yeah see you dylan yeah